ever watch a video online and think, wow, how the hell did they do that? Well, you can now find out on the Subject and Focus podcast with me, Archie. Today, I'll be talking with content creator Tori Lenz about a video she made to promote and celebrate black women with shaved hair. We'll dive into how she put her content together, what tricks of the trade she uses while making videos, and finding her own voice as a black female creative. As always, the link to the video will be in the episode description for you to check out. So pull up a chair, put on those headphones, and get comfortable. And we're recording. Uh, Welcome back to the podcast. And I have another illustrious guest. Hello, Miss Tori Lenz. Hi, how you doing? I'm good, how you doing? I'm really good, yeah, I'm good. Well, thanks for being agreeing to be a part of this. I've seen your work for a while. I might have even just uh, commented on a few things back in the past during lo- lockdown days. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess tell us who you are and what you're about. Okay, well, first of all, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, so, yeah, Tori, um, known as Tori Lens on Instagram, although I do have a few other handles where I'm known as well. Um, and I'm a photographer, videographer, director, um, DP, <laughs> anything that's like lens related I guess hence Tory lens um and yeah I was known as a photographer um in the beginning and I kind of moved over into video although I felt like it was a natural progression for me because I'm a visual person in 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 any in any sense of the word I'm quite visual visual um so it was a natural progression for me and um yeah and then directing which was I think I was always a director but I didn't know I was a director, like a creative director. But I didn't realise that all the things I've done in my life, like prior, um, have actually been like me directing. Um, so that, again, that was another natural progression for me. And um, yeah, that's it. I guess that's it, really. Photographer, director, all-round creative. I do other things as well, but just a creative butterfly, if you like. Different fingers in different palms. Literally. So what's your day-to-day like? What's your client base like? What do you generally tend to do on your day-to-days? So my days todays are very different. <laughs> Every day is actually very different. I could have a photo shoot, I could be filming something, I could be editing something, I could be customizing something because I customize and I paint like so I could be custom like last week I was customizing um roller skates. So I was because I'm a skater. So um I was doing that. So day to day is always different. It's always creative though. I'm always creatively doing something. Um I think the only thing that really sticks every single week would be no phone Thursday. On a Thursday, I turn off my personal phone. I don't have any interactions on my phone. And everyone that's around me kind of knows that. About 80% of people know that. So no phone Thursday, where I just do what I want, free from social media, free from WhatsApp, free from all that kind of stuff. That's something I've done for the past, I would say, four years now or so. Um, And that kind of just gives my mental space and my creative space um, time to kind of flourish and without no distractions, without no obligations to get back to people and that kind of thing. Who, uh, what say, what would you say like your primary clients are? Ooh, I think my clients are, primary clients are business owners, aka um, entrepreneurs or artists, so creatives, mainly like singers, songwriters, rappers, all that kind of stuff, um, music artists mainly, and then entrepreneurs across all span. So wherever their business are, like usually solo entrepreneurs, um, those are my two um, main clients. Is that choice of client base something that happened, just happened naturally, or is that something you specifically went to? So I never uh, specifically set out to do 
the way I've started, which is actually quite interesting, is I started out by taking pictures of my own clothes that I make, because I make clothes as well. I do so many things. Um, so I was making clothes at the time, and no one was kind of shooting them the way I wanted to. So I ended up doing a short photography course to learn how to use a camera. And then I was just shooting myself and editing things of myself for myself. And then a lot of my friends are music artists, so like singers, rappers, that they're kind of like in that realm, a lot of them. So I was like, oh, can I come and take pictures at your show? They're like, yeah, I was like, kind of want to, you know, see if I can do this live kind of thing. Um, so um, I love the fact that I could go into a space, especially with my, with my friends, and capture bits that other people wouldn't be able to capture. And I think that's one thing I love doing, like capturing things that I think other people that may not have been in that world or may not have been exposed to that would be able to even, even know that it's happening. Do you know what I mean? So um, I kind of attracted people that were creative or creative-minded, if you like. Um, so yeah, it was natural, but I guess subconsciously intentional that makes sense no no yeah i mean it, makes, it does make yeah. sense i thought i get where you're going from no i get I, it, I think it's that i think that's the case for a lot of us because i've spoken to a couple other people obviously doing this and i think on a certain level you do your best work when you're working on stuff that interests you at least pushes you creatively 100%. and that's when you really build out your portfolio and i think yeah. honestly that sort of you know it follows that step where it's that cyclical that cycle i right. make my portfolio the best stuff i really like doing right. that attracts the clients and it kind of works that right. way exactly i totally get that so and with video and with videography obviously videography is like a component of everything you do and did that feel like a jump or a massive difference from the photography no, because photography is like still images, right? Or like, like imagine like a video still. It's like the equivalent. So I guess for me, it was kind of a natural progression. And also being around people that were doing it as well. well one person in particular was um, Sebastian Till, um, who's a director, um, an amazing, incredible director, writer. You know, he's amazing. And um, having him around and having him, him in my life, I was, I was around the things that he did. So even just like, you know, um, taking pictures of the behind the scenes stuff, I was around and I was like, oh, that, like even hearing them talk, hearing him talk on set, I was like, yeah, like that made sense to me. Like what you just said kind of thing, like, and seeing it and being like, yeah, that actually makes sense to me. And then being a part of um, my issues is a brand I was part of, and they've got a um, kind of like a music section as well. So I was on set with like, um, certain artists as well like on like video sets and stuff like that where it's like oh yeah you're coming along you're going to do bts you're going to help with all these kind of things um and being on set and hearing people and being like mm, like in my mind being like no nah, i wouldn't have done it that way do you know what i mean and being like mm, yeah nah, i don't think that i'll be like oh that's a good idea or oh that's how they do that or that's how do you know what i mean like i'm being like mm. oh yeah i'd love to do that so like being in these spaces and being in in you know in those mindsets and being those in those creative trends, I think it just made sense. It just made sense to me to like try it. Do you know what I mean? It was like it just made sense. I'm gonna try it. So um, it was natural progression. But I pushed against it at one point because I did have that whole thing of like people are gonna think I'm doing too much. People are gonna think I'm copying them. People are gonna think I'm just doing it because they're doing it. But it was like I couldn't help it. Like I literally was like I actually can't. I can't help it. I have these ideas in my head and I really want to see them like play out. I really want to see them like come to life. So yeah, I was like, you know what, Tori, just do it. See where it goes. You never know. And yeah, here I am. There's <laughs> <laughs> just a couple of things. I love what you said there about sort of being on location and watching people and seeing them make choices and going, I don't know, I, I, I wouldn't do it that way. In terms of the stuff I've done in the past, both, uh, my, both in my own stuff and or from freelancing work, or when I've actually worked in television. I think 
there was always that initial bit of when you're learning from people and you're like, okay, uh, shit, I'm gonna do what you said because you know you know better. Or, I'm learning from you, you know better. And after a while, when you start getting more calm and go, well, actually, no. Um, as much as like, as much as it's your experience, and as much as you know what you're talking about, it is still subjective, and I can still go, no, I wouldn't do it that way. And I think that creative instinct, so when those really instincts really kick in, I think that's a massively important thing there. Yeah, like knowing your or listening to your creative side or whatever you want to call call that person or that voice um, is really important. Of course, it's important to be like you know humble and know and, and hear what people are saying and, but exactly like you said like there isn't n- any one way to do like one thing or to execute something do you know what I mean so I feel like like you said like having your own being like mm, actually can, I would love I'd love to try it this way and what I used to do is I'd, I'd do stuff for clients uh, with the way they wanted but then I'd also do the things the way I wanted so I'd do, I'd do two. So like if it was an edit, for example, I would edit the way that hey, they wanted. And then I'll do my own edit. I'm like, oh, I hope you don't mind. You know, da, 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 da. And I'm telling you, 95% of the time, they liked my edit better. And it wasn't because it's my edit. It's because I understood what they were trying to achieve. And I was like, well, this will be a nice way to do it. Or as a consumer, this would make sense to me. Do you know what I mean? And I feel like that is majority of the time I get booked. I get booked because of the way that I see things. Do you know what I mean? So even when I'm doing a shoot with someone, if they want like, you know, like just headshots or whatever, and it's like, oh, they're a, they're a, a business or a brand or whatever. I always allow like 10 to 15, 10 to 20 minutes at the end. So where I'm like, let's just have fun and do some fun stuff. And I guarantee you like literally more than 95% of the time, they're like, they're picking the fun the fun shots as like their shots, you know, even if it's for like professional things, you know, like their LinkedIn or profile, whatever. I know this, this is you, like, this is actually you, you know, rather than the standard, I'm going to sit there with my arms crossed and look in the camera, like very like, ugh, you know, bog standard when I'm like, okay, let's do what you would do. Let's pick a colorful background. Let's, you know, just as throwaway images, you don't ever have to use them, but I know that this is where I shine, where I'm bringing out other people. So I always do what my client wants to do, but I always take the creative liberty and I let them know that I would love to do some stuff that I think will be great as well not just because i want to but because i think it'll be good for you um and i think that's so so important man to like have your voice and have your vision and it grows as you as you do what you do it grows it doesn't like picking straight away but it grows and i think that's like just so important as it stands right now you've been a photographer for the better part of what seven years from right yeah, yeah. and then within the last year or so that's when you started really embracing videography and creative directing and obviously that's led to other things that you started off, including the Aircraft Radio series, which is what we're going to talk about. Specifically, one video in that. Um, I also know that you know you have had a very sort of slightly tumultuous year, including your injury. Which, yeah, just for people who are listening, as I understand it, that you tore your Achilles. Yeah, I ripped my Achilles. I ruptured my Achilles tendon. Yeah. So obviously, in terms of the recovery for that, I mean, we're talking at least what six months or something. So that's been a it's massive. It's like a year. Thing. It's like eleven months minimum. So the reason I bring all this stuff up before we start talking about Hercurt's uh, problems, obviously with everything, with all of that going on and also trying to do a bunch of new things. I mean, that is a huge amount of struggle and we're not even talking COVID and stuff like that. So how do you keep, I know, where do you get the sort of energy and determination to keep pushing on through all those kinds of things? Ooh, that's a good question. Um... I feel like I don't give myself any other option, if that makes any sense. So like, for example, like obviously with my injury, 
obviously it happened. I was my first time ever time playing tennis. I was like, I really want to play tennis. I was trying to be Serena Williams or whatever. And um, <laughs> I was really enjoying myself and I pushed myself too far. Um, and obviously I ruptured my Achilles tendon. I think what was really interesting about that as I look back is my that's my first ever industry industry injury I've never been hospital for anything in my 30 33 years of my whole am I 33 or 34 33 well how old am I anyway my 33 years of life <laughs> <laughs> 34 I'm 33 I'm 33 wow so my that's super Nigerian in it like anyways anyways in my, <laughs> sorry in my sorry. whole 33 but, oh Lord, my 33 years of life, I've um, never had an injury, like where I've had to be go hospital and like, all that kind of, have a cast and all that. I've never had that. Do you know what I mean? Like I've never broken a bone, touch wood. I've never like, you know, I've never done all those things. So in my brain, when I had it, I was like, yeah, it's just like a rip or something. It's like, it's, it's nothing like too major. And then when I went to hospital, I just thought they were going to, you know, give me like a diagnosis, whatever. And then I, you know, an hour later, I'm in a flipping cast. And I was like, what the hell? Like, what are you saying? Like, what do you mean? Like, what, what do you, what, I'm in a, huh? Like, what do you, I've got a shoot in four days. What do you mean I'm in a cast? Like, it was kind of just like, I did have a moment of like, low, because I have them and I have my thoughts and I'm like, you know, all oh my days, you know, my life is over. What am I going to do? How am I going to shoot? And, you know, all these questions are going through my mind. And then I have a moment, whether it's cry, whether it's whatever, you know, and then I'm like, okay, cool. So what are you going to do now? How could you actually make this work? Like, you've got a shoot, you can't cancel it. It's even a smoke grenade shoot, so it's not even like this person can go somewhere else. How are you going to work this? I was like, right, cool. So if I could have, you know, like a, a wheelchair, that would be dope because I can use to do some other leg. And like, just speaking things out, yeah, and I'm, I'm very much a believer of speaking things out and believing them. So I put it on my Insta story as a joke, like, oh, if I had a wheelchair. Then my friend who was a photographer was like, yeah, I got one. My grandma doesn't use it. Do you want to borrow it? I was like, yeah, this is it. Do you know what I mean? And before you know it, I'm willing with my one foot in Catford, like doing a smoke grenade shoot. Do you know what I mean? And I did it and the shoot was dope and my client was dope. And it was, you know, as it, as we do, my friend came along, she helps me, Mela, like I appreciate it. She helps with everything. So like, I believe in speaking things out and just finding a solution. People were like, Tori, what are you doing? Like, why are you like wheeling down Catford in a wheelchair doing a shoot? And I was like, well, I don't need my legs to shoot, really. I just need my hands and my eyes, really and truly. I can sit down and do it. Do you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, just, like, making things work and, and finding the solution. There's always a way. Even if an obstacle comes, I'm like, all right, cool. You have your moment. It happened. Oh, my God. It, you know, like, embrace that. Oh, this is happening. Don't, like, ignore it. It happened. Oh, my God. Like, things have changed. Okay, now how can we, how can we make this work? Because if I don't, I'm going to regret that I didn't. And I think regrets is like the biggest, my biggest thing. For me, that's like my biggest thing. Like if it didn't work, you know it doesn't work for sure because you tried it or it didn't work that way because you tried it. But if you never do it, like you're always going to have ifs, buts, maybes, mm, ahs, because you didn't do anything. And I don't ever want to live like having not tried it. You're absolutely right. And I totally get that. I mean, I get the idea that for you, especially for a lot of people as well, it's just that it's not even the fear of failure, it's just the fear of not trying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of trying stuff, let's talk about Eric Hurts. How long has that started for, just the general concept behind Eric Hurts? Eric Hurts has been around, I want to say, I think the idea, no, the idea has been about five years old. Because um, I think from when I cut my hair, there was a whole narrative and a whole world 
that I didn't even know existed around women with short hair. Well, I kind of knew because I'm Nigerian and I kind of like know the whole kind of, you know, you know, you know, even with not even just like Nigerian culture, but like, oh, having short hair and all that, whatever. I know that's kind of there. It's kind of like, you know, like silently there. But I didn't really realise how deep it was until I cut my hair and having conversations and having interactions with people in the barbershop um, and being like, rah, this is really real. Like, this is really a thing. Like, the whole world is kind of like in this whole, you know, having a narrative around women with short hair, in particular black women with short hair and how it's not attractive and how you look like a boy and all this kind of stuff and whatever and how you don't belong in the barbershop and you're not welcome and all that kind of stuff. That's how the, the concept of haircuts kind of started and, and wanting to help women find a place to get their haircut in a safe environment because my barber's like dope and I'm always like just going to my barber like he's amazing and I'm like no trust me it's not like a typical barber shop it's really cool so um like yeah then it kind of just grew from there really that concept was out there and I just proof of concept and it was kind of just grew and as part of the proof of concept and as it's expanded you've done different videos for it including yeah. the two minute video which if you wouldn't mind sort of like explain well just saying to explain to the people who are listening what it's about because i'm obviously going to link to the video as well yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's very much a two minute piece which has very much the concept of behind the scenes a behind the scenes photo shoot but if you want to elaborate a little bit more as to what how it came together and what it's actually in what's actually in the video. Yes. yeah so <laughs> english i speak it <laughs> It's called United Colours of Queens. The concept is around celebrating women that, you know, shave their hair, have short shaved hair, black women, um, and have colours in their hair and how it pertains to their expression, you know, who they are as individuals and creatives and all in all that, you know, it's all its glory. So we had a shoot, we had a photo shoot um, where I shot them and we had a concept of having different colours. So there was um, purple, red, and yellow, and those were the colours. So I started with three women, and I filmed them getting their hair cut in the barbershop, which is my barber. And yeah, the whole premise was to have their picture taken, um, and to have a video put out about them and their stories, their hair stories, if you like, um, and then to each individually have a story and their whys as to why they did it. And what was really interesting, their whys were all different. It wasn't just like, oh, I wanted to have short hair, you know. Um, so yeah, that was it. The video was, the whole idea around the video was kind of like having a behind the scenes, highlighting each woman, but also giving them the space to have, you know, time together, like as a three, if you like. Mm. As a, as a, as a, I was about to say as a threesome, but that's not the right word. No, as, as a trio. As trio. a trio, that's the right word, trio. As a, as a trio, but also them as individuals and giving them content as well that, that they can share that was about them and for them that they could share as well. Um, and I never really had footage of myself shooting as well. I never really had footage. And I was like, this is a great opportunity to have that because I'm also a, short, a woman that has short and shaved hair that likes patterns and colours as well. So I represented in this as well, even though I'm not featured. This is also very much my life as well. So, um, yeah, that's kind of where it is and how it ended up the way it ended up. And I loved it. I loved it. It was probably like one of the most amazing things I've done creatively. I think because it all came from me. The concept came from me. The ideas came from me. Um, and it was the first time I really was like let loose on something. But there was still a brief. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't just like I'm doing what I'm doing. There was still a brief. And I got to use my smoke grenades as well. I literally, that wasn't even planned. I brought them along and I was like, ladies do you want to try it and they were like hell yeah like we all love it like we're gonna do this what do you mean so we just did it and it was just we had time left over so we just did it and it, it worked out amazing um and yeah 
how did you set everything up in terms of so what lights were you using, what cameras were okay. you using, what's the breakdown in terms of the kit you use, you know, all that kind of, all those sort of kinds of ideas. Because obviously you've got the stuff that you've personally shot at the barbers, but then in the actual studio stuff is where you've got your videographer in house and you're directing as you're taking still. So how is that breakdown? In terms of like the shooting of the stuff in the barbershop, I use my camera, which is Nikon D3200, um, basic Nikon camera, which I've been using ever since I started, like really, really basic, um, with a 50mm 1.8 uh, lens on it. And yeah, I just filmed, I filmed stuff for my barber anyway, so I just kind of just let him do what he was doing. So that was fine. And then when it came to the actual day, I believe it was six hours, it was six hour day, booked a studio, and I set out everything I wanted to do within a certain amount of time. Um, and then once I had that done, I gave that to Eniola, who was going to basically keep me to that time because I get very excited and get very creative and start going, oh my God, and get these ideas. And if I don't, I end up doing all sorts of madnesses that I'm not meant to be doing. So while, you know, one was getting her makeup done, one was being shot, and then the other one was being interviewed to kind of just make use of all the time. And then Leone, um, who's my assistant photographer, she was interviewing. It was a two light setup, so literally just right and left just to kind of get that kind of like glow, which I like from like on the sides of them. Two lights set up. The videographer, she was using a Sony A7 II, I believe, with, I don't know what lens she was using. I think maybe 24 to 70 lens. Um, and I just asked, I gave her random all the things I wanted her to shoot. Everyone, basically, I was like, just shoot everybody, get everything. I asked her to shoot flat so I could just edit it myself. Um, and I asked her to shoot everything in the highest frame rate that her camera could go to, which I think was 120. Um, framework so if I want to slow down anything I didn't have to worry about picking and choosing majority of it would be in slow-mo I already had that you know in my head and yeah that was I think that was the the rundown of the day things went a lot quicker videographer came a bit late and because she came in late I you know was again making things work I got my phone which is the Samsung S9 Plus, really good camera. So I got my assistant, uh, Leonie, to film the um, makeup artist because she'd missed, she would have missed that bit to film her. So there's literally shots in there that were like filmed on my phone. Wow. That are in the videos. So yeah, like that was the breakdown really. That's like just hearing all of that. That's a lot of sort of plate spinning, basically. Yeah. A lot of balls in the air and yeah. I mean, obviously, because you're in the middle of it, because you're in creative directing, but you're in the middle of it because you're shooting as well. So how do you keep that all balanced in your head? Obviously, you've got people helping, but how do you keep it all straight in your head? Yeah, it was stressful. I can't lie. It was so stressful. And I think also the fact that through the whole process, I've had to rely on other people, like the colorist, like my barber. I had to rely on other people to be able to do their job properly so I could do my job properly, which, crazy enough, was probably the hardest bit. If I could cut hair, I probably would have done it myself. I would have been like, all of you come to the house and just do it myself. I would have just done it myself. Yeah, you have to kind of like have that 80-20 rule where like if it's 80% okay, you just let it go. Like it's not that deep. You know what I mean? It's not like, oh my God. Like, there's one thing I, I, I can actually tell you, which drove me a little bit crazy. So I gave all the women um, a rundown of what they needed to bring. I was like, all you need to bring is their white trainers and white socks. That's it. Like, that's all you need to bring. And then um, the, one of the girls, Leanne, and she'll laugh about this because she came wearing like Nike trainers, but they weren't plain white. They had like a little bit of yellow in them. I remember being like, what? In my head, I was like, what? You had like five <laughs> reminders. And she's like, what? Is that wasn't an email? I was like, what? And they were all like, yeah, it was. I was like, Tori, let it go. 
No one's even going to notice. Let it go. And no one noticed. But I was like, oh, a little... But you noticed. I noticed. The perfectionist in me was like, oh, Tori. But it worked because she was wearing yellow. She was just like, I'm going to wear, like, bring yellow trainers. But I was like, no, that was not, that was not part of what you needed to bring. Kind of thing. Like, <laughs> but, like, things like that where... Let it go, Tori. Just let it go. But I remember. I know these things. But um, it worked out good. It looked really good with her trainer. So it worked out good. But then this is the thing, like, and I'm, we're going to talk about the edit as well right now. But this is the thing, isn't it? When, especially when it comes to editing, like when you're doing the whole thing, I'll have moments where I will spend like half an hour, maybe an hour just on a second because maybe some of the clip, my clip doesn't match the music. And in the back of your head, you know 90% of people will not notice. They won't care, they would notice something, but you can see it and you know it's there. Or like, or maybe something just didn't work, a shot didn't work and you took it out. And now no one will ever know about that shot that didn't work, but you know that shot could have been there. Exactly. Creatives and directors and all these people, they'll know. They like, they know the struggle of like being like, oh, it wasn't what I wanted to look. It's great. It's wonderful. And I was like, it's amazing. And I'm like, yeah, but, oh. And I said, there's no buts. It was like, yeah, and this didn't work. Do you know what I mean? It was still great. I still love it. Do you know what I mean? I still look at it and be like, oh, it's amazing. Like, it's my best, you know, piece of work, like, to date. Um, but yeah, there's still little, little things that people will notice. But then one thing I, I remember, I don't know if I read it or I heard it somewhere, was like, it's better that people look at something and they, they think it's flawless than they notice things. You know when, some, when you look at something you're like, ooh, that wasn't quite... Or you watch a movie, you're like, mm, that was a jump cut. That, don't even, that didn't match up. Like, things like that. Like, you know your work is great when no one can pick up on these things. Like, they're like, oh, it's so seamless. It was so amazing. And they don't know why, but you're like, because I spent an hour on like two seconds, that's why that was a great transition. But they don't notice. And I think when, they, when it seems seamless, I think that means you've done your job correctly. Like, I don't know where I read that or where I heard that, but I was like, yeah, it's really true. I can watch a movie and be like, that was amazing. Or I can watch a movie and be like, nah, man, why did you do, like, that was even continuity, man. What, like, you know what I mean? And it really irks me. I'm like, nah, that's not cool. With the edit, I noticed that you made, I mean, there are lots of specific choices that you made in edit. I mean, you were talking about getting your videographer to shoot in 120 so you could do slow-mo. I mean, there were choices in there in terms of obviously the close-up shots that you took for the edits. You did split screens as well. It was very sort of dynamic and even the music as well. So that's kind of slow place and then using the voiceover as well for the women to describe, you know, the reasons why they got their hair cut short. Was there like a sort of a uniform idea of how the edit was going to play out or where you thought I'm going to try different things in the edit? Or was it always like, no, these are all going to be the elements to show the specific vision, what I'm trying to get to? No, all I knew when I started editing is it's going to be in slow-mo. I know that when they're talking, it's going to be in slow-mo. Slow-mo shots of like personality, if you like, of them. And I knew I wanted to like overlay. So have like something underneath and have like an, uh, a video overlay, like in the middle, like kind of thing. But other than that, I just knew I wanted everybody that was in it, like a key person to be in it. But yeah, the, I, apart from the edit, apart from that, I didn't have an idea on how I wanted that two minute video to be. But what I knew it was all their individual videos, because they all got, two individual videos each so a video of them getting their hair cut and then there was a video of them in the studio like the hunt behind the scenes that was a whole separate video as well um and i knew how i wanted those to look and then once i had those down that kind of dictated how the full video the two minute video that you're going to link that kind of dictated how that video would go so i knew that i wanted to like obviously include them getting their hair cut the smoke grenade stuff which looks amazing and them in the studio that was it i just knew i needed to make it all work together 
I need to give them all around about the same amount of screen time. And then it will just fill in the gaps of like music, of like them talking, how long they spoke. And like, even like where like Leanne, she spoke quite quick. I had to kind of cut up her audio, like kind of like space it out, if you like, to kind of like span it across. I didn't feel like she was talking how I'm talking now, like rapping, if you like. Um, But um, once I had like things laid down, like the bass, then I just kind of went over it, made it cut to the music, made things sound, you know, like certain parts of the music, of the song. Um, and that's how I work. I have like a bass, but I never have like, it's specific going to go shot to shot to shot to shot. I'll try something and be like, oh, that's amazing. Or like edit it, leave it, come back, listen and be like, oh, you know, it would be really good here if it looked like this. And then I'd add it in. So I kind of just go with how it felt, like how I felt what would, would look good there. And then I did it like that. Yes, yes, it does. Um, <laughs> I mean, it sounds like with this, obviously you didn't sort of storyboard everything out I and mean, you had the basic framework we even storied about. When did you hit the point? Because I have this as well. Um, and I don't know if you do, but when you hit the point in the edit when you go, boom, I can see it. Because I think I, I'll have points where I'm in an edit. I will have my idea. I have a basic idea it's going to work. I've got my sound, I've got my soundtrack on there. I've started putting my first cut. And it sometimes takes me a while, but I'll hit that, I always hit that point where I go, boom, I can see it. I know how it's going to play out. I know what I'm going to do. And it just makes sense. So, you know what? I did an edit and I kind of did it so it made sense, like to the musical, the rest of it. And I, I kept watching and I was like, I don't like it. Like, I was like, I don't, what is this? So I kind of like went away and came back. And I think there was a point, what, what did I, what happened? I was like, let me work on one, one girl's section. And it was Ifrika's section, like, in the video, like, because I was start, I wanted to start with all the girls together. And I was like, no, nah, it doesn't work. Like, it didn't make sense. And I was like, I loved Ifrika. Like, you know, the starting bit where she's kind of, like, like doing a little funny, like, smiley thing to the camera. Like, I flipping love that. And I was like, it needs to start with that. So then I just went back and I was like, we'll start with Ifrika. I was like, oh, yeah, I can add this. And yeah, you can And then because, like, I used her talking, it kind of just load and I was like oh my days I get it I get it I get it I get it and that was it like I banged it out in like two three hours and I was like raw Tori took you two weeks to do this you know bro and in like three hours you're kind of like you scrapped the whole thing I started again and I was like yeah this is my base this is my base and I was like yeah yeah sick sick makes sense on my days yeah and then there was moments when I didn't even see of like us all together like you know like the whole like touch each other's head which was my my assistant um photographer she was like yeah okay everyone touch each other's faces and I was like what the heck like what do you mean touch each other? and I was like make sure you feel this make sure you feel this because I was like it's so weird what the heck is this and it was so funny and I was so like oh community I was like yeah it needs to end with this so then that was like beginning and yeah I know how I want a minute and then literally just all felt like that but literally there was a moment when I was like it's starting off wrong so it's, it's not making any sense. And then getting that feeling of like, oh, yeah, like, oh, my days, Tori, you're a G. Oh. I do that to myself all the time, have conversations where I'm like, you're amazing. What the hell? You're <laughs> And then it just, like, it just comes out. <laughs> it just comes out. I was like, you're a G. Like, literally stood up. I was like, you're a G. What? You're a G. And then I was just like, yeah. And then here we are. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good when that happens. Like, I'm not even going to lie. I've done a couple of bits of pieces in the past where, I haven't had that. And they've been client-based ones when you just, you're grounded out. And people are like, yeah, it's good. And you look at yeah, you're like, mm, nah. <laughs> Early on, I did three pieces of work for one client. And two of them, I had the light bulb moment. And a third one, even now, I think yeah. he's used the third video more on. And even now, I'm still like, no, yeah. it's those first two ones. I look at that and I just go, I just didn't, I, didn't I, I was almost there. I didn't yeah. quite get it. 
and it's too long and I would just, if I did it again, I would, even the stuff, even the earlier stuff, like even then I would, I would probably change it now because I'm three years you know down the line, yeah, but cool. they still, the core of them work in that one. I just go, yeah, no, I just. Nah, didn't quite hit yet. I kind of feel like I, did, I even feel a little bit dirty. It's like, give it to you. Like, give it to you. Yeah, like, that's it. Yeah, I'm going to be like, oh, it's not, it's not my best. But I don't know why. It's not, it's not best. Like, mm. it's not on purpose. It's just like the stuff just didn't quite connect. This is a quick side note, but like I'm doing with my partner and my partner and she, we've had the debate because she'll be seeing me doing the edit and she'll be seeing me tearing my hair out, yeah. filming and she'll go, you know, sometimes there's the argument to be made of giving your client 80% rather than giving 100%. I, was like, I don't know how to give, I don't know how to yeah. do 80%. I don't know how to do it. I was like, no, but be pragmatic. Like, you know, 80% of yours is like 150% of someone else's. It's not a bad thing. Like, I don't know how to do it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because you know there's more. Like, there's more to give. I've got more. I've got more. <laughs> I can more to give. Because, more. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is, I'm sure every creative is like that. Because I'm just, I'm like, nah, man. I'm like, this is what they want. But I'm like, nah, man. I'm literally having a conversation with myself. I'm like, nah, Tori. Like, I'll export and I'll be like, nah, 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 nah. Even a project I did recently with um, the Movement Factory, um, and they've got like a, a sponsorship with Nike. Um, so they've got like the, all the whole Nike and all the rest of it. It's going to be sent off to Nike and whatnot. I did it. The, and I was like, nah. I explored it. I was like, nah, 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 nah. And I went back and I was like, I was like, really sorry. It's probably going to be like a day late. But I just need to like really like go again. Because it's cool, but it's not like great. It's not like engaging. It's not, I, I don't know what it is yet, but I need to. And she's like, yeah, it's fine, you know. And I was like, nah, it doesn't, it's like, it's good. But it's like, it's not really there. And even with that, I didn't really get that light bulb moment. But I was like more happy like the next day than... Do you know what I mean? And that probably was like my 80%. And everyone's like, it was amazing. They loved it. And I'm like, mm, thanks. Yeah, it was cool. I think I could do better. It was cool. Yeah. But yeah, I, I definitely get that whole like light bulb moment. It's a, it's an amazing thing when it happens. It's like you're on like, I don't know, man. It's like on some crazy high. But like, yes, I did it. Yeah. Just like on fire, just on proper fire. Yeah. Just like, boom. I just regressed back to my 20s. I'm jumping up my seat to my finger yeah. cooking and that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> so you're looking at the final cut. You've got it all there. When you look at that, when you look at that promo and then you look at the subsequent other videos you've done for haircuts, how does it make you feel? What do you think you've accomplished by putting that out there? Ooh, I feel like. It's funny because like that haircuts, you know, at Colors of Queen, that video, that project, that whole concept, everything was almost like my introduction to the directing world, I feel like. Because um, although I did shoot it, in my mind, I was like, I'd really love if someone else shot this. So I could just direct. I could just like be free and not have to worry about, you know, like, for example, like things weren't like done that I wanted to be done as we know right and I feel like if I was directing and someone was shooting I could have made sure those things had happened you know just to make sure I got the right outcome that I wanted you know what I mean but I felt like it was like my introduction to like the directing world even like the styling world like because even like the style what they were wearing it was like it was all like come from my brain I was like yeah this makes sense they're gonna wear this and they're gonna do that you know what I mean all that kind of stuff so for me it was kind of like my introduction to like the greater part of my creative person if you like if i had time i probably would have made outfits for them like it's that deep i would have been like i'm gonna make some stuff for you guys i'm gonna do it from scratch all that kind of stuff i really would have done that um but it was like i look at it and i feel like it literally feels like this is me even though it's not the start of me i feel like it's a start of like tory creative director like director credit it's like the first time i ever gave myself a director credit even though i've done that in the past i was like this is the first time 
you can give yourself a director credit, Tori, because you flipping directed this this ish. Do you know what I mean? Like, you did that kind of thing. And it felt so good with all the stress and the things behind the scenes and everything. I was like, yeah, man, this is... This is where I'm at. This is what I should. This is what I should be doing. That's how it felt. So even in comparison to like the other stuff I did with, with haircuts prior, I didn't put as much. I didn't have as much control as I wanted to. Well, not I didn't have. I didn't put as much control as I want. I was like, oh, let's it be free. People can kind of do what they want. And in the end, I was upset because I was like, no, nah, the things I need isn't aren't here. So going into this this one, I was like, it needs to be. This is the basis it needs to have. And having that was like the best it was the best i'm like literally i'm like this is me every time i'm like oh my god maybe i shouldn't do things i'm like i look at a video and i'm like tori you're a g bruv this is what you do and even with like what a 400 pound budget like bruv this is what you do you're dope mm. so it literally feels like this is me so it's just a 400 pound budget that's it yeah i only paid 100 pound nice so you said this is you and that's how you felt this is me this is tori the creative director and this is like the this is the my vision it's out there as Tori, the black woman with short hair, mm-hmm. what was the response to the video and how did it make you feel to put that out there and to have these other women, this beautiful woman out there with the hair short, also showing it off and talking about that? I think as Tori, the, like I said, the black woman with short and shaved hair, colorful hair, I didn't know how it would be received. And a part of me didn't really care because I was like, this is this is who we are and this is what we do whether you know now or you get, don't get it whatever at some point you, you're going to catch up you're going to catch up with the world the world's going to catch up with us you know what i mean i wanted the women involved to be happy with it to be proud of it that was what tori wanted them you know what i mean i want to feel like you were represented this made sense to you it was you know your style or whatever other than that i was like i'm happy that they loved it and they were like oh my do you know what i mean like what the heck like this is like that's the reaction I wanted from them because it's it's about them, it's for them, it's for the people that don't understand them or get them or whatever, gonna be like, yeah, this is me kind of thing. So that reaction from them was like the best, was priceless. But from other people, didn't expect people to really like get it or people to be like, Oh yeah, I relate. But it was like raw, like, yeah, like even people that didn't have short hair were like yeah, man, I get, like, not wanting to do my hair every day. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, man, I wish I could cut my hair off and be like that. And I was like, you can, of course you can. You can do what you like. So, like, having that respond and having it out then having people relate, even people that didn't have short hair, even, you know what I mean? Even people that, that weren't even women, that weren't black women, to be able to relate, I was like, oh, that's beautiful. Like, I didn't, I didn't want it to be a representation rather than being like, people be like, oh, I relate or whatever. So I didn't put it out there for that response. But the response I got back from it was like, it was heartwarming, I feel like, for me as a black woman with short and shaved hair that, no, there was so many more people out there. It was beautiful. It was just beautiful to be like, oh, yeah, man. Like, we're here. We exist. And you can do this. And even have women say, like, I didn't even know this was done in London. Like, what the hell? You lot all from London. What? Like, this was like you guys are from America. And I'm like, yo, we just as dope as America, man. We just as dope as the US. What? Like, we dope too. Do you know what I mean? Like, they, we do exist. So I feel like for me, that was like, yeah, a good representation of being a black woman, but also being a black woman that's British. You know what I mean? Like, and being like, yeah, we, we, we out here doing some dope stuff too. So it was nice. When you look back at the whole experience and you look mm-hmm. back at what you did, and not just in terms of obviously the technical side of things, mm-hmm. the organizing, the creative ideas that went into it, as well as your own sort of personal stuff that went into it as a soundbite, what do you think you've achieved? What do you think you achieved with this whole thing? What? What have I achieved? I think I've visually 
what's the word? I've visually highlighted black women with short and shaved hair, like in the creative field. Like that's what I've done. That's what I set out to do. Yeah, I think I've done it in a elevated but creative way that is probably a little bit timely, but like, because it was like a year ago that it's done now, right? Um, but it still feels so relevant. Like, you can look at it and be like, oh, that was shot yesterday. That was done yesterday. But yeah, I feel like I've achieved, like, a different narrative to what the world sees. And it's out there visually now. Not just, like, people saying it. It's out there visually. You can watch it and be like, oh, that's me. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, I think that's what I've achieved. And from a videographer, sort of creative directing standpoint, how do you think your style has now evolved from this? Ooh, I think my style has definitely elevated I've still got like my creative kind of so many things happening, colors, all the rest of it, but not in just a way that I would get it in a way that anyone who doesn't even get colors or like colors or anything or like busy things happening, that it still kind of makes sense to them. So I feel like I've achieved almost like a, a, a happy medium in terms of still being me creatively and putting what I want out there, but being digestible to other people that aren't necessarily lovers of color or busy things or all these things moving so it's like digestible to a lot of people um which before i feel like people didn't always get it people didn't always like it it was like a specific type of personal creative that would get it but i think with this it was kind of like enough but like not too much so it's like oh i get this you know a brand can see it and be like oh yeah we could i, I could get down with that so i think yeah an elevated version of my creativity that's digestible by a lot more people you know what because i'm trying to I, I feel like it's an elevated version of how i am because for example if i was just putting on instagram and it wasn't gonna like for a reason the edit won't look like that it would be a lot more choppy a lot more glitchy a lot more that, that's what i do right but i'm like okay tori it's not about you well it is about you but it's not about you Imagine if someone was seeing this that doesn't, you know, doesn't like that stuff, that's kind of finds out because it's kind of jarring. Um, it still had those elements, like you said, those, those cut screens, there was, you know, overlays, there was this, there was colours, there was pans, there was all this kind of stuff. And it was like a lot, but still like digestible. So it's like an elevated version of my creativity. That's the only way I can put it into words because I can see it in my head, but I can't say it in words. But that's how I can describe it in words. Nice. <laughs> 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 nice. Nice. <laughs> cool. I'm really glad we got to talk about that. Um, I've just got to, generally, at this sort of point of the whole podcast, there are a couple of quick fire questions. Um, nothing too in depth. Generally, what I start off with is if you were talking to anyone who wants to pick up a camera because they want to take photos or want to shoot videos, whether they want to go down into doing a professional, if they're people just casual, uh, what bit of advice would you give them? A piece of advice I would say is just use what you've got. I know everyone always says that. Don't go out and buy like the latest whatever, whatever, because you don't know what the latest whatever, whatever can do. I think a lot of us get bogged down by like, oh, I'm going to buy the latest camera and then you get it and you don't even know what you're doing with it. Or you hire it you're like, well, what am I even doing with it? There's so many cameras and so many, so much gear, so much tech, so much, you know, like programs available to you. Not everyone, not everything's going to suit everybody. So you have to know what works for you. And the only way to do that is to work with what you've got like now. So maybe people say to me, oh, what's the best camera that I can use? I'm like, the one you've got on you. Mo majority of the time, your phone. That's going to be the best thing to use. You know what I mean? Until you can say, actually, I want a camera that can do this. 
and you specifically look for a camera that could do that. I want a camera that can feel like this in my hand. You know what I mean? Like there's people that specifically shoot with Canons because they like the build, like how it feels, like comfortable, I can shoot with it. Whereas like me, I'm like a Canon so flipping huge. I'm like, this is like a brick, bro. I can't even, do you know, that's how I feel. I'm like, this is a lot in my hand. I can't maneuver quickly with this. So like for me, I'm like Nikon's great. I love the you know I love the image quality of it. Do you know what I mean? Like it's really really sharp. And people are like what? And I'm like yeah. Like so you use what works for you. Do you know what I mean? Like but once you use what you've got, you know what you need. Oh, I need this now. I need that. So I would say just use what you've got. Like don't even worry about like the technical, the whatever, the 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 I's and the T's and the numbers and whatever. Use what you've got um, and just explore with it. Do the most you can with it. Even things that you think can't be possible, just try it and just do it. That's what I would say. No, fair dues. Um, and I was actually glad that you said that because that leads me into my second question, which mm -hmm. is, you know, if money was no object, you know, perfect yeah. world and all that kind of stuff, no corona. Um, <laughs> or, <laughs> no corona. Um, what would be your sort of the dream kit set up for you to use? There's like so much, yeah. Because obviously like I do so much, like and I shoot so much. I feel like, I would probably be shooting with like my go-to like just like run and gun camera would probably be the A7 S3 I think it is I don't think it's even out yet but the A7 III I flipping love that camera so much it's so versatile like I feel like it was made for me it's so apart from the flip out screen which is so flipping annoying like why is that oh so jarring anyway other than that I think it's a dope camera. I can do so much with the, with the money you'll get. And then the A7S3 is like the upgraded version to that. So all the things you couldn't do with that you wish it could do, it can now do. So I'm like, oh my God, that'll be like my dream like run and gun camera. I'll definitely have like a red, like a red camera set up um, for like my high end advert type stuff. And then I would have an IMAX cinema camera. I don't know what, whatever what version, but like the cinema, like I'm shooting a movie like tight camera and then I would have those robot arm I don't know what they're called but then robot arm cameras that you program them and they can shoot stuff really quickly and go in and out and I don't know what they're called but I've seen them and people use them for like adverts and stuff like you know like food adverts where they're shooting something up and it's like and you're like how does someone even catch that it's a flipping robot that's why like someone's programmed it like so like you know it looks like a, like a thousand frames per second like that's I would have that so those are the probably the four things I'd have red cam IMAX cinema camera those robot, I don't even know what they're called, them robot thingies, and the Sony AS, Sony 7S3. Did you say you even like the articulating, the fully articulating screen for the uh, A7 III? Or you mean like just the tilt back one rather than the actual well, Oh yeah, for the, for the Sony AS, for the, um... The S3 yeah, the has Sony the fully has, like, little, Oh, it yes. Come out. Like, what's that about? Bro, oh, it's so jarring. Why would you even do that? Because the A2 flips out, but then the A... Why would, they, I don't even, I always want to be like a fly on the wall and be like, who made these decisions? Why did you do that? Like, what did you do this for? I have a sneaking suspicion, especially if we mentioned Sony, because like the 7.3, the new one, the 7S3 has got the fully articulated screen. I think a lot of times with manufacturers, they'll see something that works and they go, but no, we got to do something different. We're going to do our own style stuff because that makes us stand out. Except you go, there's only so many ways you can slice bread. Right. It's true. That's so true. It's true. Like I was in a car, like we're a car rental. We were a, we rented a car for the shoot a couple yeah. weeks ago and it's like a eight seater, high on die, no big deal. Except yeah. the indicator lights, different side to the windscreen light. Just opposite. What? opposite. What? Guy behind the car was just like, this is madness. I don't understand why. And then you think, 
someone said we'll do things differently they'll get used to it yeah no man because i just feel like you have a board of directors is no one saying yo this is going to be confusing they're not going to be able to use that it's no i was like it's no one in your team saying this everyone's like yeah man it'll be great like no like what the hell it's why you need people in your team and then brands that use your products that you are your target market because who was your target market for the a7 free creators right but why would a creator not want their camera to their screen to flip out why would you not especially during the age we live on of vloggers yeah we live in a time of everyone's filming everything why would you do that why would you do that i feel like their sales have plummeted because of that people are like not buying it not buying it not gonna get it what's the point do you know what i mean buying it and returning it because i buy it and i'd buy it but i'm like nah i'd rather just rent it what's the point of me even having it that makes no sense i can't use it on a day-to-day but yeah sony if you're listening don't ever do that again I hope they are. If they're listening, <laughs> that's good for me if they're listening. <laughs> um, I asked you earlier, I asked you earlier about advice you'd give to people starting out. Yeah. What advice, if you could go back in time, would you give to yourself before you start? Oh, that's such a good question. The same advice I give myself all the time when people ask me that question is don't watch what no one else is doing. Just do what you want to do like that's it that's actually yeah i feel like a lot of the times especially when you're going into a new field or something new you kind of kind of look to other people like as a guide oh i should do this or i shouldn't do that or i should do that that's great use them as a guide but don't use them as like like this is exactly what i'm going to do exactly the way that they did it you know people say like oh if i wouldn't i'm looking at like will smith because i want to be like well that's wonderful that you want to be like that person but your uniqueness is what's going to make you great will smith is great because he's so unapologetically himself that's what makes, that's why we love him. Like, he just hasn't been the best actor. He hasn't done the best things and the best roles. But we, we'll, I'll watch all of his movies. Even I'm just like, oh, this is one of them a bit mad. I was to watch it because I love him and I love what he does. Do you know what I mean? And I feel like that's your superpower. So to myself, I'd be like, your superpower is your Eunice. Like, and which I've come over the years to really realise that my superpower is the fact that I see things differently. So I'll just be like, whatever you feel, do that. Like, Tori, younger Tori at 13 whatever you feel just do that all the things you've been doing they're correct do that that's what advice i'd give myself good advice no it's really good advice i think one of the biggest things is like you get a lot of that when someone breaks through a hundred people go that's the person i think videography is definitely we are it's a field for that where you have two or three people come out individual styles and everyone goes we need to make videos the same like this yeah all the same things and i think sticking to what you know and pushing yourself that's a really good bit of advice especially when you're younger embrace what your instincts are right because you know it, when it, sorry to cut you but when the time we like teachers say you know in school like school's like the the biggest like place to like lose your creativity because they tell you that this is there's only one way to learn there's only one way to do things only one way to pass an exam there's only one way to get to where you want to get to and that's just just not true but you probably struggled in school like it's not true there's no one way to do something you can add you know two and four you can add four and two you can there's different ways to do it you know you can add one on one do you know what i mean it's different ways it's not just one way to do it um to achieve an outcome and i feel like that's probably the one thing that holds people down or held me down i was like I have to do it this way because that's how I was told to do it. Do you know what I mean? And it kind of throws you in a place of like depression or whatever. You're like, oh, I'm not like that. I don't think like that. And you kind of feel like you're wrong or you're, there's something wrong with you. I think a long time I was like, people were like, why are you like that? But not in a bad way. They'll just say it in an inquisitive way, but it makes you feel like, should I not be this way? Should I not be like that? Should I be like how, do you know what I mean? And people that feel threatened by that will make you feel like you're wrong as well. 
So people will say things in a way because they're threatened or they're like, or because they love what you do so much and they don't want you to be great. They're like, no, you know, they see something that's great and they're like, nah, I need to squash that. And you kind of find yourself like going, you know, swimming with everyone else. And you're just like, nah, man, actually, man's not even a fish out here. I don't even swim. I'm a flipping bear. And I'm out here trying to swim. Do you know what I mean? Like, what am I trying to swim? even what I do I'm actually a bear but you're trying to make me tell me I'm a fish I'm not do you know what I mean so the best advice and I have to always tell myself as well, that as well like you think where you think for a reason you have like a narrative and a voice and something for a reason like use that lean into that and like use people as a guide but don't use them as like the be all and end all uh, this is a quick side note what I like about that this an idea of like your own personal voice and you're going that way have you struggled with that working in photography and video 100% yeah especially as a as a black woman because I mean, it's not exactly i mean it's predominantly male predominantly white males and i imagine like especially the kind of photography that you do that's going to be the same thing i mean what is that like trying to break through that way oh my god i i struggle even till now like even just being like well no one not that no one cares but i'm just like oh i think the way i think and is i have experiences and it's cool but do people, can people relate? Do people care? Is even something I should do? But I'm always like, I also tell myself, like, if it's on your mind so much, like, find a way to get it out there. Like, and if it's a creative way, a non-creative way, whether you're typing, writing, shooting, whatever, like, find a way, even just for your own sanity as a release, like, just to kind of, like, release. And you'd be surprised how many people can relate to something. Do you know what I mean? But for me, in, in terms of, like, the industry, I never think about, I never have thought about, about who does what or why they do what they do. But a lot of things I've gone into, I've realized that I'm the only female or I'm the only black female or I'm the only like black person, whatever that's like, there. And I didn't clock it until like, with like my brand Tory Lens, I was called KBD before. And people would think that I'm a guy. Even when I was doing customizing, even when I was doing graffiti, everybody thought that I was a guy. I was either, a, you know, a white guy or a black guy, you know, oh, she's a black guy, you know, like, cause she does graffiti and like whatever, whatever. I was like, no, like, even now, like every time it happens, I screenshot and I put it up and I'm like, another person is like, oh my God, bro, I love your work. And I'm like, thanks, I'm not a bro, I'm a sis, but thank you. Do you know what I mean? And they're like, what? I'm like, literally, oh bro. And I'm like, why is it that like women only shoot like, you know, like babies and weddings. And I'm like, that, was, that stuff don't really interest me. Do you know what I mean? And I feel like being who I am, I think I've allowed a lot of other women to kind of like embrace who they are too. Do you know what I mean? Without me even knowing that I'm doing that. There's so many things that I like, enjoy doing and I didn't even think about male, female, black, white. I just enjoy and I just do it. And I get there and I'm like, whoa, like, what? Like, I'll give you an example, like, I know times thing, but I'll give you an example, I went on a shoot and um, it was like, I think I had, had like seven or eight photographers, a videographer or whatever. And there were so many creators and I was the only female that was behind the camera. Like, all the other females were like models, da, 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 like, and all the other creators were black men. I walked into the room and I was like, this is so weird. What the heck is this? And I remember a moment, because I was kind of like, okay, cool, whatever. I've got to stand on my own. And every time I walked into the room, they're like, oh, your model? I was like, no. They're like, what? Oh, so? Like, it was like, what's the shop? Like, oh, your model? No. Oh, you're the model? No. Like, thank you. Like, but no. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, no, I'm the photographer. And it was like, oh, okay, cool. Oh, what do you do? It's kind of like, you know. And then, like, there was a moment at the end where, like, I was leaving. I'd done my bit. I was leaving. And there was, like, all these models getting dolled up and makeup artists and whatever, like, doing their thing. And there was this little girl. I'm assuming she was one of the models, like, daughter. She must have been about three or four. And I just thought to myself, your idea of the world is so warped right now because it's all these women getting dolled up and wearing, like, you know, like, less than clothing or whatever. And all these men directing her, oh, wear this and do this. And, and I was like, 
your I, this little girl's idea of the world is so crazy right now. And if you're here, I'm sure you've been on a lot of shoots with your mum. So this is going to change how you view the world. And that's when I was like, I need to have an all-black female team. I need to. Everyone I work with needs to be black. Because this little girl, and it broke my heart because I was like, whose child is this? And why is she seeing this? Like, not in a bad way, but I just thought, rah, you're, you're, this girl's warped. Like, she was just sitting there not doing anything. I thought, your idea of the world is going to be so warped because there's black men here directing oiling up you know, women and all this stuff and the women are just doing what they're told and I was like whoa this is crazy so that's when it really hit home for me um but yeah I never really clocked it before but it's, it's always been a struggle even when I walk into rooms I walk into you know on sets or wherever like to stand my own and stand my ground and I'm very I'm not like super like oh mean but I'm very like friendly which can be seen as like weak I'm like oh hey you know like very do you know what I mean so kind of just like standing in my own and, and knowing my powers is um something I struggle with continuously but I'm getting better at it it's getting coming a, a better world as well. So I'm actually glad that you said that part about um, having sort of an all an all female team because that's actually something I had, had actually passed my mind. But you had mentioned it before, and I was like, wait, wait a minute, like it's your all team? Is it just a team full of women? Yeah. And that's obviously consciously done. Yeah, consciously. Yeah, all black women. Yeah. Oh, that's great. And black women are dope. Like we dope out here, man. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great. And you are dope. That's very true. <laughs> <laughs> so basically the deal is yeah. what normally happens is that there's one more question which comes from the previous interviewee that's the way it happens oh that's so cool that is very it, you're right it is very very cool it, it, it unfortunately hasn't happened this week for technical issues okay that's cool which yeah which you know doesn't mean like i forgot to do it but um <laughs> technical issues it hasn't happened this week but um so the question is going to come from me do you think it's harder to go from being a photographer to a videographer or being a videographer to being a photographer? Ooh. And I asked that because when we were talking before, you were talking about how you've moved and it's yeah, adapted yeah, from yeah. things to things. And I, pers for me personally, I consider myself to be a pretty good videographer. I can, I can't shoot photos for shit. I mean, I can take, I know how to compose good photos. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you give me a camera and go full auto, I'll be like, <laughs> I think oh my god what's harder I, I need to really think about that I think yeah and maybe because this is the way I've done it but I think it's easier to go from being a photographer to a videographer and the reason why I say that is because I think as a videographer you can have like your your settings dialed in yeah and just leave them and they just is what you know what I mean like a day you can just leave them I'm not I'm saying like for like just in general, right? You can be like, oh, I'm always going to shoot with, you know, wide open, blah, blah, have my lens. You know what I mean? That kind of stuff. Um, but you can kind of just leave it for the most part. Especially if you're filming like things that are relatively similar, right? But I feel like as a photographer, you can't do that. Like, even just the change, and obviously it's the same for videographer. If you change one light, you know, it changes things. But like with photography, it changes things so dramatically that you have to like know, that you have to know, like you have to shoot, be able to shoot on manual mode, like for sure, for sure, when you're shooting someone. Like even if you're shooting, like for example, for example, you had a camera and you put it on manual, your camera would pretty much do a pretty good job. Do you know what I mean? Like doing, if you had no idea of what you're doing, it would do a pretty good job. Like what our, phone, our phones do, right? But you know our phones always fail us when we're trying to take a picture with the flash, it looks crazy, or in a dark, because photography isn't, it's not just like a one and, it can't really work like that. So I feel like with, if you can shoot manual on a photographer and you understand like light properly, 
I feel like it will be an easier transition into filming. Like, yeah, I feel like it's an easy, I feel like from filming to photography, yeah, I think it will be harder. So I feel like being a photographer and really knowing like light and how to shoot in a studio, I think more importantly, what I think will be, will be like, would make sense to, to go over to film. Wow, I never even thought about that. But yeah, it's true. Yeah, I feel like it's easy to be a photographer than go to photography than to be a photographer and go to photography. No, I like the, no, I like the idea of that, especially the idea of sort of like when you're shooting, you can get away with shooting an auto with most things, but in terms of actual, yeah, in terms of actually sort of manipulate, and you think that's partially because you're manipulating like the environment as well, especially in the studio. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're, you're using the light. And because remember when you're filming something here, yeah, you can have the monitor on and you can see it and you see what it's going to look like because it's in camera, right? But if we're talking, especially with flashlights, you look, you think, oh, yeah, and then the light flashes and you're like, what? Why does it look like that? And you're like, you have to know. Otherwise, you're just like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't, I don't get it. It doesn't make sense. Whereas filming, it's all live. It's all there, in it. If, if the light's going to be on, it's on. If the light's going to be off, it's off. It's there, live in front of you. Whereas photography, like, especially with light, as soon as you take that picture, you're like, what? What is it like that? And the camera doesn't, like, yeah, because it's different. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. That's a really good question. I like that. I have a lot of them. <laughs> I've got a lot of good questions. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you. Like, I think we're probably going to call it there, but thank you so much. That was a great, I think I'm like a super-sized version of the uh, podcast, but... Um... <laughs> <laughs> I talk a lot. I was going to say to you before, I was like, I talk a lot, man. I say a lot. I Unapologetically, I talk a lot. I say a lot of things. But um, yeah, thank you for having me. I've really enjoyed it. I think you've asked me questions and um, that I never would have, you know, I've never been asked before, which is always great. And I think I've never been asked, like, decipher, like, like my, my, I guess my creative process and the outcome and then, like, comparing both like you know like the plan versus the execution i've never been asked that before and i think it's been really good to like even to just look back and be like raw like i did that or that happened or oh yeah actually you know like it's really good to kind of look back and you kind of do it with yourself but not really openly with someone else kind of asking to dissect it so it's been really good for me like thank you reminded me of like a lot of things that i do and i'm like oh yeah that's that was good that was cool yeah like it's been really good for me so thank you so much i've really enjoyed it no, no, you're welcome. And the thing is, like, I, like, even at the very base level of just, you know, maybe if I'm having a low day, I'm feeling particularly uninspired, I'll go back and I'll just watch stuff and I'll go, what? I did that shit. Like, I, di- I did that. And I, I figured it out. And even if it was, like, I mean, not necessarily a story, but everything, I did that. And I came for me. Yeah, I think exactly. it's good. I think it's a, I think it's a good thing to do. It has to be doing for, not just in terms of learning and evolving, but just to remind yourself that, you know what? Yeah. You, you can do this you know i think especially a lot of times we do tend to forget that yeah we do what would be great is if you could you know throw out like socials or links of where people can find you you know where your ig websites facebook whatever where can we find you for looking for tory lens so tory lens uh, will be torylens.com on instagram it's tory.lens that's a hot tory of an i t o r i l e n z i mean s i said z wow T O R I L E N S. <laughs> Tory Lens. Um, and yeah, torylens.com. This all there. It's changing soon, actually. I'm changing my website soon, but yeah, it's all going to be there. Um, my personal Instagram is just one Tory. J U S T, the number one. T O R I. Hercuts is Hercuts UK. H E R C U T S UK. But if you go on just one Tory, all of my links to all of my stuff is on there. So just find me, tap in Tory. I'm sure I'll come up. And um, yeah. Awesome. Have you got anything coming up soon? 
Um, yeah, I've got a project around like um, Niger creative Nigerians. So I don't want to say too much about it, but about being a creative and being Nigerian um, in honour of Nigerian 60 years of independence this year. So um, yeah, I've got that coming up, which hopefully will come out. I don't know. Hopefully this side of the this side. I mean this like 2020, but I don't want to put things out, jinx anything, or put anything out in the universe. But hopefully this year. But it's gonna be great, man. I feel like it's gonna be like my. Um, my, my next level up from this haircuts thing, hopefully it's going to be like the next, you know, two levels up from that. We'll see. But I'm excited about that. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait to see it. Can't wait to see it. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a pleasure. And I will say my goodbyes. And thank you again for being on board. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, share it with other people, post about it on your socials, tell your friends and family about it. Hell, even that neighbor you walk past and occasionally say hi to. Or you could just leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Archie Onobu. That's Archie O-N-O-B-U. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.